The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. It's fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm Big J, joined by always by King Zay and Sean Scanlon. we got a special guest filling in for the Joseph McGuire, Trevor Keys from Keys to the City. How you doing, Trev? I'm good, boys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. And we got a lot to talk about. We're continuing our previews of each division as we, we got the AFC and NFC West rounding that out, as well as preseason football starts tomorrow with the Hall of Fame game. So we'll be previewing what to expect from the Giants this preseason in the coming weeks. But speaking of the Giants, we got a lot to talk about. First day in pads was yesterday. Started off with Kenny Galladay limp, limping off with a hamstring injury. Luckily, everyone from all the reports, nothing serious, and everyone's optimistic about that. But the real big story, Giants training camp brawl, full team brawl that Daniel Jones was at the bottom of. Now, I mean, teams are going to have their fights, especially in training camp. I know uh, during OTAs, the Bills had a fight. So this happens. Trevor, what are your takeaways from this, and how do you feel it was handled by Joe Judge? Well, have you seen uh, the press conference by Logan Ryan? This is a franchise that's been kicked around, laughed at for years now. This has been a laughingstock of a, of a team for quite some time. I think we can all agree they're sick and tired of being pushed around by everybody. And, and you know what? I don't mind little brawls like that. But if it continues, that becomes an issue. This this You see fights like this. And people are like, oh, boy, it's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It actually makes everybody come together. They're still buddy-buddy. They were talking. And Logan Ryan, Evan Ingram, they were still buddy-buddy joking around. 
everything's good. This is this is how the Giants are. They're not going to be getting pushed around anymore. There's excitement now, and Joe Judge has brought that. We talked about this last year. Judge brings, brings a different type of style. I love everything he's been doing so far, and it's okay. Like you said, Jace, there's brawls all the time in these training camps, OTAs, when they have their little inner squad games. That's what happens. It's a part of football. It's, it's emotion. The game is about emotion, and it's good that the New York Giants are showing some emotion because it's about damn time. Instead of becoming a laughing stock, maybe time they come after the guys that are going to punch out, punch people in the mouth now. Finally, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I have a little actual anecdote about a fight when I was in high school, my freshman year. We had a junior senior. This was before even pads. We was walk through. Uh, we had a junior captain. I mean, going up against a senior, just holding the bag. The junior captain was. Senior, first year playing. I think he felt a little slighted. Obviously, a junior being a captain ahead of you, even though you're a senior, even though it's first year playing. This dude had an attitude. They went at it. They, they started. It was lineman drill, so he's just pushing the guy with the bag. Got a little roughed up, and it ended up with swings. And that season, we were one in nine. And you want to know why? Because of that fight. That fight happened. It was that guy versus that guy. Mm-hmm. Those two fighting everyone else on the sidelines. With this fight for the Giants, yeah. I mean, the, the reports are Logan Ryan hit Corey Clement. And then right after that, Evan Ingram was up in his face. This is team. This is a team. There was a team brawl. <laughs> That's good. I mean, if you're having one guy versus another, if it was just Corey Clement versus Logan Ryan, I, I'd be upset. There's, something's wrong there. So I, I actually like it. I think it is competition. It's competition as far as the offense and defense are going. They're they're chippy. They're getting at each other, and I, it was offense versus defense. It wasn't individual versus individual. And I mean, Joe Judge did it well. He tore him a new asshole. Yelled at him. Made him run uh, sprints. Made him do push-ups. He was upset, and he took control. If this were McAdoo, if this were Shermer. The press conference come out, they'd be, oh, boys be will be boys. Let's just make sure this doesn't carry over to next week. It, they want to take in responsibility and taking control. And that's what Joe Judge has done. It, I mean, it, it looks bad, but I think overall this will help. Uh, this shows growth and a lot of coming together of the Giants, more so than people think. But, uh, Sean, well, what are your thoughts on this, bro? I agree with you guys. I mean, it's the first day of pads. Uh, whenever it's the first day of pads, I mean, those guys want to go out there and hit each other. I mean, they haven't done it for, you know, over nine months now. So I think it's it's good. I mean, you you mentioned the competitive competitiveness. Uh, the competitive juices are flying. I think that, you know, Logan Ryan was just standing up for his guys, Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney. Uh, I mean, he's the he's the leader of that defense. He's the veteran there. So, I mean, he's he's looking out for his guys. And obviously it's a team. But, you know, when when you're in training camp, when you're just starting out and you don't have these preseason games or you don't have the inner team practices, I mean, you're going against it's uh, obviously offense versus defense. So there's uh, Evan Ingram was standing up for his guy, Corey Clement, Corey Clement, uh, Logan Ryan was standing up for his guys on the defense. And like I said, it's the first day of pads. These guys want to go out and hit each other. And I think that, you know, they handled it well at the end of the day. They're all their teammates and uh, they always have each other's back. But. I mean, these guys want to go out. It's football. It's a violent game out there. So, And you want to stand up for your brothers. And uh, I think Joe Judge, he handled it well because he's, you know, his big emphasis was that 
these are penalties in the regular season. So it's 15 yard penalties that, you know, can't are inexcusable. Those, I mean, those could kill you in games. So I think that's why, you know, he ended practice right there. He said that it's inexcusable. I think that's why he had them, you know, running the laps and doing the pushups because he wants to emphasize that this can't happen in the regular season and it can't carry over. So I think for the first day of uh, full pads, I think that it's fine. It just, as long as it doesn't continue, uh, I'm fine with it, but it was it was definitely an interesting story uh, following it all day. All the beat reporters tweeting out stuff, and there's no video on it, which I would have liked to see uh, Daniel Jones fighting out of the pile. But uh, I, I, I think it's good for the competitiveness. I think that these guys are just ready to hit each other. They're ready to go, and I, I think it's a good thing because Joe Judge has his team ready to go, and uh, I think it's a more old-school-style team, and uh, I think they're ready to, ready to punch each other in the mouth. So I, I think it was a good thing. Jake? You got anything to add? Uh, I'd be just quadruple downing on everything you guys said. Uh, there's nothing really more for me to add to this. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, th- hopefully, you just like like you said before, you hope you get the positive effect and not the negative effect of the situation where the team doesn't get off to a one and five start or you know an zero and four start or something like that just because you know they they pick sides or they're they're angry at each other. Usually, like you said, you hope they come together, but I think you guys covered most of the angles for the most part. And well, football is a brotherhood, and to see that that was that all translates into the season. Fighting with the brothers, that's fine, but helping each other out and in the season when stuff like that happens, you know that your teammates got your back. And plus, I like that Coach Judge has been doing this since he's got in because those penalties happens a lot to the Giants, translate to losses, and we've had a lot of those over the years. So he's not taking any BS, and I love him. For the people that want to complain, yada yada yada, oh he's a military. Well, guess what? The Giants have been a laughing stock for years. We need a guy like this. We were great when we had Goffin like that, I think, right? Yeah, I think we were. Parcells, I think we're pretty good with him too. I, we need guys like this, and it's great that we finally have a guy, and uh, there's nothing bad from this. The only thing that would have been bad is if Daniel Jones, being at the pot- bottom of the pile, got hurt. That's the only yeah. bad thing to take away from this whole thing, honestly. Yeah, and I mean – People trying to spin the narrative that Joe Judge, that this is Joe Judge losing the media, the media loves to do that. You know that. Media That's ridiculous. Everybody. That this is the exact opposite. This is Joe Judge taking control of the locker room like he did last year when he restarted practice. When when you slip up, Joe Judge is going to hold you accountable. Yep. And that's what he did. That's why he made them run. That's why he made him do push-ups. The locker room isn't lost. If anything, Joe Judge has a greater control of the locker room after this. Yep. So, I mean, uh, it's ridiculous what people are saying. But that's it's here surprising. or there. It's not surprising. It's the media. Yeah. But uh, before we move on to the AFC and NFC West, I mentioned off the top earlier, Kenny Galladay gets injured. Free agent coming in. It sucks. Seems like just a hamstring. Doesn't seem that serious. Trev, do you expect him to miss any time? I mean, this is – I've had a hamstring injury, and – I think Sean, you were a receiver, and Zay, were you a receiver too playing football? Uh, I was guys- at the end, but I I had a hamstring injury. Have you guys ever um had a hamstring injury? Mm-hmm. It, it sucks. It can linger for a quite some especially time. for a receiver. I I did it actually on Southern's field playing um intramural flag football, catching a pass, turned the corner, and I could feel it pop. Those things suck. It's a lingering issue, and this is one of the big issues that we had coming in to this offseason and why Galladay was asking for so much, and people were like, ah, let's let's hold, let's pause on it because, because he has an injury issue, and that's the problem. And to see this already, knowing how big of a focal point he's going to be alongside Ingram, Shepard, and Saquon when he comes back, this is 
not ideal to see. But like you said, if it's not as serious as they're saying, that's a good thing. But we have to keep an eye on it because he's going to be a major focal point of this offense. Uh, no, Zay? I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm honestly not too worried. I'm hearing that. You know, I'm not using his name. These tight ends are starting to look really good in practice. I won't use his name until he becomes an actual baller, in my, in my opinion. I've, I've stated this last season. I will continue to say it. I will not go by his name. But David Stills actually looked pretty you good. Call him e. E. You can call him E.E. E. It's still not calling him his name, though. No, we're not We're not calling him. Number 88. We're not calling him that at all. He doesn't even deserve a number. Like, you, met, when Joe Judge started last year with no names on the back, he deserves no number on the just back. Call, no names. Just call him the pro baller. Yeah, the Pro Bowler. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm actually hearing good thing. I'm actually hearing he's actually pretty, playing pretty well in practice. I'm hearing I've seen um, clips of David Stills, who's just been a monster in practice. Had a really good catch in the corner end zone the other day. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have all these other pieces, Sterling Shepard's been looking really good in practice. Changed his number, and all of a sudden he's unguardable. If these other guys can play through and hold it down, I think Holiday's. You know, he'll fill in when he comes back, and you don't have to rush him back, similar to the Saquon Barkley situation. I think the Giants have set themselves up in a situation where they have enough talent, where they can go to other guys and other guys they're expecting to step up. That's how Joe Judge has been here since he's got here. He's been next man up motto. So I think they continue that going, and I think the Giants will be fine going forward. Galladay, you know, he'll come back when he comes back. Odell, I believe, when we got him as a rookie, he had a a hamstring injury that came out the first five weeks, and he came back and had one of the greatest rookie years, you know, Rookie um, wide receivers, um, years as we've ever seen, so I'm not too worried about it at all. He's a professional, yeah. I mean, that is a good point. With the emphasis has been to get as many weapons as he can, and I mean, next man up, uh, I mean, Shepard will have to obviously take a little bit more responsibility than normal, but you still got the guys. Kadarius Tony practiced for the first time the other day, so I mean, you, you're getting guys back, you, you got this depth. My thing, still, my thing still comes down to – I don't care. It, it comes down to the offensive line. I just want to know if this offensive line is improving. And seeing Joe Looney, two guys retiring from the Giants, very very surprising, especially Joe Looney. It would have been a nice addition for this team to see that come out of nowhere. Kind of was disappointing, but definitely comes down to the offensive line. I'm still, I want to see this offensive line become what we're hoping it could be a, a solid offensive line. I'm not talking about uh, like Dallas back in the day or the Colts line. I'm talking about just a solid offensive line. That's what it comes down for me. Galladay, like you said, Zay, I agree. I'm not too worried about it, but I want to see how the offensive line performs. That's what it comes down to for the Giants' success. I think Looney quit because he's old. I think that's I think that's really more it comes down to. I don't think it's the offensive line. I think he quit because of the sprints, dude. Yeah, the sprints and the push-up. You got to understand, as you get older in your career, you don't want to do that Pop Warner, you know, punishment type of stuff. You know, you, you, you know, you false start, you take a lap. That's what they were doing, and – for him, he's Looney's not, you know, he's an older guy. He's 300 pounds. He just probably wants to chill the rest of his life. You know, a Looney team. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Judge isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I got another answer though off of this. We had a terrible game. Friday, we were supposed to play Friday night. Uh, and we got a centimeter of snow, so they called it off. We had to play Saturday morning. It was terrible. Everyone stayed up too late. We were all groggy. Terrible game. We got it was still close. We ended up losing. I fell asleep on the bus, and the coach saw that and was so pissed off. He's like, "You didn't play that hard to fall asleep because you guys played like crap." <laughs> so we end up going, and we we just did sprints as soon as we got off the bus. 
And we saw linemen just leave, and they never heard from them again. So, I mean, like, sprints are the ultimate, like, you're, you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, because nobody, nobody likes to run. Not. Nobody likes yeah. to run. I don't. I don't like it. No one does. Maybe Usain Bolt, and that's it. That's because he's getting paid millions and millions of dollars to do it. He gets paid millions to run. He gets paid millions in endorsements to run. He don't get. Yeah, he gets. Yeah, he gets his money from his endorsements. (laughs) That's what he gets. Okay. All right. Let's take a break from the Giants. Let's get back to our divisional previews. AFC West. Trevor. Is there any possible scenario no. that the Chiefs no. don't repeat no. this division? No, no. They have the best player in the division. They got the best offense in the division. They got the best coach in the division. And they might have the best offensive line now in the division. Because you think about the last time we saw the Kansas City Chiefs, well, they were getting their asses kicked for 60 minutes against the Buccaneers in the biggest game of the year. Well, they did a pretty good job in the offseason of revamping that offensive line, going get all pro left tackle Orlando Brown. See, that's that's what I like about these teams. They go all in. They know what they need, and this is a team that is still at that Super Bowl tier. They needed a left tackle desperately. They went to go get one of the best in the game in Orlando Brown, who's only 24 years old. That guy's going to have a great career. And then you go sign the best interior lineman in this free agency class, Cho Tooney. So, yeah, I mean, the Chargers – they had a, they got some nice pieces too. Don't get me wrong. I love what the Chargers are doing now, that offensive line. But come on, if anybody thinks that the Broncos or the Raiders or even the Chargers are competing with the Chiefs for this division title, no. I mean, unless Patrick Mahomes, knock on wood, goes down yeah. and something serious happens. That, that, that's the only th- way the Kansas City Chiefs are not winning the AFC West title. So to answer your question very simply, no. All right, Sean, let's take it a step further. I mean, is Kansas City going to get to the Super Bowl? Like, is it already pretty much set in stone? They're, I'd say they're definitely the favorites. I mean, the, the Bills, uh, the Browns. Are they the favorites and... in the AFC or in the NFC, Sean? Or are they favorites all in the NFL, I should say? Are they the favorites? Uh, favorites the of the AFC, I'd say. You don't think the NFL? Uh, the, I mean, just the Bucks bringing everyone back, that kind of – that's, I mean, that's tough. And I, I think the Rams is, I think Matthew Stafford and the Rams will have a big year too. So, I mean, I, I'd say they're the favorites of the AFC. I, I think the Bills, the Browns, or the Ravens are all right there. Um, I might put the Colts if they didn't, you know, Quentin Nelson and Carson Winston go down. What do you, what's, what's up, Zay? Yeah, what's are, you the are you forgetting the Titans have the, the best? No, the Titans defense best. is terrible. I'm not oh, forgetting them. They, they can put up 35 defense. a game. They're going to, they're, they're going to get beat defense. though. They're going to put up 70 a game. If you ever oh, no, no, stop it, stop. All right. You no, can't yeah, they're, running back. You can't guard the receivers. <laughs> good for them. I mean, they're still going to get put thirty on a game on their defense. They they're terrible. Anyways, I yeah, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are the. I mean, they're the favorites of the AFC. Uh, I do think there's some teams closing the gap. Not, I mean, not close to uh, the Chiefs, but I, I think some teams that could make the wild card in the AFC West. I think the Chargers or the Broncos are, are definitely right there. Um, Justin Herbert, obviously. Uh, we're good thing Joe isn't here because uh, that's why, Justin that's Herbert. Why Joe's not here. You guys are doing the AFC West. Oh, people. You don't want to talk yes. about Herbert. No, that I I I think that's why he's not doing the show today because we, <laughs> yeah, right, we knew Justin Herbert would be brought up. But I mean, he's a stud. Uh, if Derwin James is healthy, uh, you get Joey Bosa healthy. They they have some stars on that defense. Uh, obviously, the the core that they have in offense with Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They're they're a bunch of studs. So I think they'll be a lot better this year. 
the Broncos, getting, if they really Corey just had Linsley, a, a getting Corey Lindsley and uh, Rashawn Slater too in that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, their good. offensive line has struggled the last couple of years. I, I think Justin Herbert, uh, he was pressured a lot last year. If he has more time in the pocket, I'd, he's just going to be even better than he was his rookie year. They were ranked and, last, by PFF. They were the worst offensive line in football last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that, I mean, yeah, exactly. Probably best center in the league. He's definitely up there. And then Rashawn Slater. He, I think he's going to be a beast at uh, mm-hmm. tackle. And then the Broncos, if they just had a star quarterback, I, I think they would be right there. That's really the only thing they're missing. They yeah. probably have the best secondary in football. They're going to get Von Miller back and Bradley Chubb. Um, I mean, they have they have weapons on offense all over the place. So I, I think they'll be contending for a wild card. Um, but without that QB, I, I don't see any more than that. And then the Raiders, I think they're going to have a rough year. I mm-hmm. I mean, wow. they get rid of their best offensive lineman. Uh, Rodney Hudson is one of the other guys who might be the best center in the league. Gabe, Gabe Jackson, Jackson is gone. Yeah. And I mean, they and Derek Carr, he's very average. I mean, he there's a lot like I know pro football focus loves him for some reason, but he's average. He's not going to do it for you. I and their defense is awful. Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. I'd take him over Daniel Jones right now. I would too. 100%. Yeah, I but he, he's very average. He's very middle pedestrian. Uh, I he's just very middle of the road quarterback. I he's not better than that. Like he's not worse than that. Te- I'd like to see him on a better team. Yeah, that's what I want to say. I want to a better team yeah. before I make an assumption like that. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, he's had a good old line his whole career, and then they just shipped him off. And I mean, he His has good weapons. He never had weapons. That's they the had no coaching either. He was a sorry ass receiver. The Raiders do it completely the wrong way. They yeah. Get rid of the, they go get skilled position players last year, and then they get rid of their whole offensive line. It's like John Gruden, what the hell are you doing? I don't. He's yeah. Been, Ever, what did he get? Ten years, right? It was ten years, fifteen years that contract he yeah, got from them. Like, ten yeah, years. On like year four. Yeah, he's got time. He's not worried about it. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think him and Mike Mayock are lasting much longer if this is the way that they're building that team. Uh, I just so I, I think the Raiders at the very bottom of the AFC West. I think uh Chargers and Broncos, I, I think they definitely have a shot to make a wild card. And the Chiefs, I mean, they're the class of the AFC. They'll probably win another 13 or 14 games uh, as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy. So that's how I see it shaking out. But I, I do think the Chargers and Broncos are starting to close the gap. But it, it's it's tough, uh, like Trevor said. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, other than maybe Aaron Donald, is the best player in the NFL. And, they, I mean, they definitely have a shot to make another Super Bowl this year. Wow. I really feel that way. You don't think don't, the Chiefs can make a Super Bowl? Come on, you, no, you, I mean, I do, but I, honestly, I really feel the Broncos. I feel, I feel like you're, you're cutting them short. I feel like they could be doing a lot more damage than we think. With Drew Locke, who Teddy Bridgewater and freaking I, with, with Teddy Bridgewater, not Drew Locke. Oh, and I say Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is literally it has his name. Hold on, the, it has its name. He's, bridge. Filled, he's a bridge quarterback. We have seen what he's done. Where he's filled in in oh. in, in, in for the same little. Hold on, excuse me for the Saints. Well, he filled in for Drew Brees for that stretch, and he did a really good job managing a team that was heavily good on defense you just and said had it. offense, which is similar to the situation of the Broncos. They have a so really you said the key word, management. What? He's a management. He's a game I manager. understand he's a game manager, but that might be all they need. They have a really good defense. They have weapons on offense. That might just be what they need is a really good game manager. I think we all get wrapped up in this this this, this world where we need a super quarterback. Eli Manning was no super quarterback. He just made good plays every now and then. He was pretty much an average quarterback for most of his career. 
If you look he's at his numbers, average. if you go season season wise across the whole, he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, don't compare he's, Eli Manning to Teddy he, Bridgewater on, on a Giants podcast. He'll never put up Tom Brady numbers. He's never gonna have the Peyton Manning numbers, the Drew Brees numbers. He'll be a Hall of Famer, but he'll still have num he won't have the numbers of these greats during the regular season. It's just never gonna happen. Eli Manning has never been a great regular season quarterback. We've known that forever. And but like I said, sometimes you just need a game manager to get you through. And I think Teddy Bridgewater might be that game manager to get them through to the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win championships. One, one thing, as uh, Alex Smith, how that play out with the Chiefs. He's a good quarterback, right? It, it, you know, how to win, then do anything with it. How to play out for him with the 49ers? I mean, oh, I don't know. What did he do? He lost in the NFC Championship because he was a game He missed it by one game. He, he missed it by one game. If Teddy Bridgewater could get them the one game before the Super Bowl, we'd be talking about when he, he's are one of the greatest really quarterbacks really in the league. Are you really saying that Teddy? I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater is a top twenty quarterback in the league. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I, I, I'm making this. I'm making a statement that he is a game manager, but I think him being a game manager will be enough for that team to actually make a push in that division. I really do believe it. I do. Th- I yeah. don't doubt Teddy Bridgewater as hard as much as you, you do, guys. Like do. Are you again, dude, again, this is you guys ripped me last week when y'all was all on the Taysom Hill bandwagon. I I'm pretty sure the Saints Taysom would rather Hill. have. I mean, yes, Taysom Hill from the Saints. When we covered the Saints last week, covered the South last week, you guys were all over Taysom Hill and Teddy. No, I was over Jameis Winston. Not I love Jameis Winston. The Saints oh, would no, rather have James Teddy Bridgewater Winston. than both of them right now. Not terrible, Jameis. You'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Jameis Winston. The Saints would rather have both of them right now. I have. I'd rather have neither one. I, I the yes. Saints would rather have both of them right. Now. Either one would. Have, they would if have they would have rather had them, then they would have held on to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, right. one from Carolina. Of course he so, left. Let's get back to the West. Hold on, Zay. Who the hell is like? Who's he gonna manage? Teddy Bridgewater is just gonna hand it off to Melvin Gordon. That's how he's gonna manage it. J- Jared Judy. He, he was okay, but he didn't show like. He, he wasn't the Alabama Jerry Judy. Maybe he has a sophomore little breakout little but, – but with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater throwing you the football, okay. I don't think he can do that. Okay. I, I love Garrett Bowles. He's great. I'm not going to argue. No. I made my points. I'm not going to – Garrett Bowles sunk at first and then finally became a decent player. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't play at all. Another decent, another decent Utah player. Oh, he's just saying that because he's a U. If, if you yeah, can't go for people's first, first years, right, second years. You can't go for first years and second years because if we were going to first year, second years, Todd Gurley would probably be on track for a Hall of Famer. We would thought he was going to be great when he was on the Rams. We thought everyone thought he was going to be the next thing. No, he's nothing now. I don't even think he's in the league. But running back is different from receiver, though. Yeah. That's not true at all, neither. Yes. Look at Arthur on the Giants. Slayton looked like a number one receiver one year, then he looked like nothing the next year. They only look like that because they didn't have any other weapons. Yeah, that's the only guy they were throwing. <laughs> Does it give you an excuse? <laughs> I'm not saying it's just the truth. It's not an excuse. It's the truth. Calvin Johnson maintained greatness at receiver position, no matter who was on the other side. No matter who was on the other side. Now, now, now you're talking Calvin Johnson. You're Calvin comparing, right now, right? you're comparing Calvin Johnson to Darius. I'm not comparing Slayton. Calvin Johnson. What I'm comparing is the beginning of players' careers. You just can't go off of it because he had one. But he's saying Jerry Judy's not going to bounce back because we don't know I think, that. Judy, I think Jerry Judy's going to have a hell of a season. We don't no, know that. I think he can do that, but he doesn't have a quarterback that I think can get him the ball as consistently as he needs to get that. He did it well on the Saints. He won the game. This is what I'm saying. You guys are saying Teddy Bridgewater like he's just not an NFL quarterback. He's somebody they picked up off the streets. He was still a starting quarter- caliber quarterback at one point in this league. He's led teams. 
to wins. Point. He's had winning streaks in this league. I, I, he might even play a playoff game, I believe. We're talking about a, a guy who can actually play the position, not someone who you're just throwing in. Ryan Fitzpatrick is someone you just throw in there every week. He's I don't he's ever won anything, but you just throw him in there every week. Nate, what does he want? Has he won a playoff game? Has he won a championship? Jay Spring is back. What? <laughs> We're talking too much Teddy freaking Bridgewater right now. Bro, Teddy right, Bridgewater. Right. Teddy, it's if, still we're, if we're talking about the Broncos, Angry. let's stop talking about Teddy Bridgewater and let's talk about the actual star on the Broncos, Von Miller, coming off a big injury. <laughs> but, Trev, can he be the best player in the AL? I mean, AFC West? AL East? In the AL East? Well, he might be the best player That's in the Raphael AL East, especially Durst. for the Yankees, because the Yankees need some help. But anyways, the AFC, the best player in the AFC West. Come on. Really? Yeah. I, I think Von Miller is the best player in the AFC West is in a, a nice red jersey, and he's wearing number 15. His name is Patrick Mahomes. He's been probably the best player, other than Aaron Donald, like Sean said. Is and, he really? And the Chiefs probably have probably the th- maybe two or the three best players in the AFC West all around. They got Travis Kelsey, who's – I mean, come on, who's going to argue Travis Kelsey? And then, honestly, Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's the best home run threat in, the all, in all of football right now with his game-changing speed, his world-class speed. They might have the three best players in the AFC West as a whole. Von Miller's still amazing. Don't get me wrong. If I had to pick the best player in the AFC West, it's like the Chiefs. It's, it's easy. It's Patrick Mahomes without question. It's Kelsey. It's definitely not Patrick Mahomes, but okay. I think it's why Kelsey, please. Yo, I'm you back up, Zay. Come on, Patrick Mahomes hurt his little Koto and he can't play no more. Are you kidding me? It's Kelsey, guy. He's the biggest, the he's the first of all, he's the biggest weapon they have. Second, you have to double him every time. He creates mismatches come all the time. Your game plan every week starts with stopping Kelsey, no matter what. It's stopping Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is, uh, yeah, and he was there. If one of them have a bad game, you still got the other one. And yet, I don't, got, I, Patrick Mahomes is throwing the both of them. It doesn't in matter. My, in funny. my opinion, Tyreek Hill can be replaced. I've seen it happen before. Oh. There was a time you, better, when, you better mute his damn. There was a time when Deshaun Jackson was the fastest in the league. Now, look. We don't, better, we don't, we don't talk about him. Sean Jackson was never the best receiver, top, not even top five receiver in the league at any point in his career. I ever. wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. No, he's maybe not You're even bugging. top ten. You're bugging. He definitely was in the top when he was cooking the Giants and he was taking back punts to, to the house. Let's yeah, the punt return, not his receiver. He was a top five receiver that year. <laughs> he was, no, he was not. Up. Not even close. Come on, he's always been a top five. He's always been a, a top deep threat receiver in the league. What does this have to do with Tyreek Hill? The Tyreek, like I said, a speedy receiver can be replaced. We've seen it happen all the time. A, spe- a speed guy comes in, another guy comes in. It's possible. A, a Travis Kelsey type that doesn't come around. You get Tony Gonzalez's. You get you get Antonio Gates. You get Travis Kelsey's. They don't come around like that. That's why we have an Evan Ingram who's a pro You're bowler saying- with four hundred fucking yards. Oh, screw! I'm sorry. With four hundred yards. Oh, in the season, you, you're it, saying so. You're saying Tyreek Hill is just come around all the time. The, yes, you find you find fast. Cord- Cordell Patterson was the fastest receiver a couple years ago. Oh my, dude, dude. the comparisons you're throwing out in this episode are bro. bro. Y'all get hyped <laughs> over the moment. I kid you not. Yeah, he's fast. The three, the speed will slow down, and then next next couple of years we'll find someone who's running a faster forty, and it'll be like, oh, he's the best in the league. That's just how it goes, bro. You do, you do realize. Oh, Ty- hold on, you do realize Zay, that Tyreek Hill is a top three four receiver. Cordell right Patterson is never right top. Yeah. Paul Jackson, these guys were never. They were fast. His, his speed good and the team that he's on makes him elite. His speed in the Thank team that he's on makes him elite. There's a difference. You his, ever heard? Remember, remember Dante George, Hall? Yeah, he, remember Dante Hall? 
He was really fast too, but he was a returner. Remember, Dante Hall was never in my mind he was receiver. He was never receiver. receiver. He was always a special teams player. Dante Hall was never a receiver. Well, he never. He was technically a. That's receiver. like saying Devin Hester was a receiver. No, he wasn't. He was never a receiver. They moved him to receiver. He, he was never a receiver. They moved him to receiver. He was never a receiver. Yeah, and, yeah guess what? Cordell Patterson was mainly a, a, a return specialist too. Yeah. He, well, last year, Cordell Patterson was a running back. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. he's a running back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Kelsey, yikes, I mean, yikes, can we can you replace it, Terry Kill? You can replace a fast receiver. Jay, Jay. Listen. You can't replace Kelsey. You, you can't. Like I, I said, you can't replace it. I mean, I agree. I just you you Ooh. can't replace Tyreek Hill, though. I want to defend you, Zay, because I do think Travis Kelsey is better than Tyreek Hill. Oh, you're making it so goddamn hard. Uh, no, yeah, Travis Kelsey. You can replace a fast receiver. It's not okay. I, I'm I'm trying to back you up. I don't know why you're getting upset. I right now, did it. Oh, that was fast. Slayton's faster. He ran a faster forty time. They you do it all the time. Hell, I think Slayton fast forty time was up there with Tyreek Hills. It was up there like it was like a four two or something, four three something like that. I can look you're, up the you're going against your point. Slayton is nowhere near Tyreek Hill. You can't yes, just throw a guy. Out is, you can fast. replace a fast receiver. You can't replace. So so Kelsey. John Ross, who has the fastest forty time ever, you can just throw him in there just because he's fast and he's just going to get the job done, just like Tyreek Hill, right? No, right. You can get no. in, in that offense. In that offense, possibly. In that offense, yeah. That offense is no, loaded. No chance. In that offense, yes. They have another guy with McCole Hardman who is basically just as fast. He's no, he's not Tyreek Hill, and he's on that. He's on the same offense. So you can't Again. Make that excuse. Again. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Nah, you can replace Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is a different breed. You can't replace. You can't replace breed. Kelsey. You can replace Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is more of a Devontae Smith than he is a, like a John Ross. He isn't just speed. He's Devontae able to. Smith. What has he done? He can get that separation. If you look at Alabama, he was three yards of separation, ten yards down the field every time. Tyreek Hill, it isn't just his speed; it's his We're, ability to get off the block. You're comparing Shed Alabama. You're comparing an Alabama receiver where, where they play. They played teams we've never heard of. Styles, eh? They played twelve games a year, styles, and like right. seven of the teams we've never heard of. Of course, hey. he's going to get separation. Like, all right, exactly. you can't replace right. Kelsey. It I, doesn't I, happen. I, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. I, didn't, I, agree. I, I agree. I agree. With you. you can replace it. You can replace it. Uh, Mahomes. You can find a quarterback that can run and throw. Lamar Jackson can run and throw. Oh you put Lamar Jackson. Just, hold on, hold on. He just said you can find him a Mahomes, but that tells me that Teddy Bridgewater can get the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, about? yes. What are you talking about? Again, you can replace you can find another running throwing quarterback. You cannot find what Kelsey brings at that tight end position for them every every day. You can't. That's why the Giants yeah, haven't so, done it. Yeah, so that's all yeah, Aaron does it. That's all uh I'm just saying at the position you can huh? What's good? It isn't like he reads and gets the the, the RPOs, he isn't a beast at that. Everybody runs RPOs. No one runs it like Patrick Mahomes. I'd rather no have Russell Wilson. I seriously, like in the Chiefs position, I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Patrick Mahomes some days. I honestly would. Say, I, I just asked who I honestly was would. better. I might have, to, I might have to go. I honestly would. Bash Patrick Mahomes. I honestly would. Tyreek Hill. Put that up. Matter of fact, I'm going to put that up later. You starting a franchise today. Both of them zip zip. Who you started with? Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes? And they don't have their teams. They don't have their teams. He doesn't have all those super weapons. Okay, Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of Russell Wilson, you're asking like Russell Wilson doesn't have weapons either. Speaking of Russell Wilson, let's talk about Russell Wilson's never had weapons. Please, best. All right, good. All right, Jay. All right, Nate Burleson is a weapon. 
You kidding Nate me? Nate Burleson has been on the league for 10 years. I'm talking about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, my guy. Probably the best receiving duo in the league, if not top three. He's been here for, he's been here for 10 minutes. Give him a chance. He ain't done nothing yet. He's run down one player. That's the best thing he's done. He's run down one player down the field. That's literally all he's done last year. He had a couple touchdowns. That's it. Remember, this he's is been here for 10 minutes. This is he ain't broke no records. A good court, well, could get, just remember that. Teddy Bridgewater, I said, again, is a manageable quarterback. He will manage that team. I, I, I guarantee he'll manage that team. I think that's all they need. Do you only watch Giants games? No. Is that why you don't, just, you don't respect DK Metcalf? Yeah, just because yeah, Bradbury, Bradbury shut him down. Shut him down? No, I, I didn't. I, bro. I, all I said is he ain't done nothing yet. He's been here for ten minutes. He's telling he's telling me like he's the greatest, like he's Randy Moss. He just Jake, said, "What, what about?" He just said Russell Wilson had weapons, has weapons. Metcalf has been here a minute, bro. He's been here he's like a, a minute. I'm not considering him a weapon. I need you to do something for me first. You don't bro. think DK Metcalf is a weapon? No, nah, I don't think so. I need. I need, I think he's a great player. I think he'd be a great player. But right now, I think he's still he's still growing. I'm not. I'm not judging him. I don't judge these players. Right, then where is Seattle finishing in the NFC West, in your opinion? They better finish in second. But okay, in second. I don't. So who you have finished Seattle finishing? I don't. I'm still trying to contemplate this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, this, this, whole, this whole thing is. Oh, like, damn, I'm, is, I'm thrown off to say the least. This is what I came uh, up with. Does this throw you I, off more? Does this episode throw you off more, or the Jets winning the AFC East? Jets getting no, this getting is AFC this East. is all worse than the Jets winning the AFC East. I think that's getting AFC East. I'm telling you that Teddy, now. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater put, can lean into a Super Bowl. I put ten dollars. You can replace on Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and saying DK Metcalf ain't a weapon. That's... Don't wait. Don't put words in my mouth. I never no, said no, 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 replace Patrick Mahomes. Don't put words in my mouth. All right, all right, never mind. NFC West. I never said that. I'm sorry. Don't ever put those words in my mouth. I ain't say that. All right. Okay. I said you can find another quarterback that can run it through. Watch your back. NFC West, Sean, Seattle, or or just who's coming out of the NFC West? Just I think I think the Rams are. I they had the best defense in the league last year. Um, and they they add Matthew Stafford, who I think is definitely an upgrade over Jared Goff. Um, and I I mean Cooper Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are a great duo. Their O line is still manageable. Cam Akers is definitely going to hurt. Uh, I think that they're going to need to pick up another running back than Daryl Henderson. But I think this uh, offense could still get by. This defense has two elite players and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So I, I think they're definitely the favorites. Uh, I think to win the NFC West, and I think the Niners and the Seahawks will be right there for uh, wild card teams. I think the Niners, as long as they're healthy. Uh, I, I think that, you know, they made the Super Bowl last time they were healthy. Obviously, last year, they lose a bunch of guys pretty much all season long. So I, I think that they'll be back. They have a good defense. Um, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy. Even if not, I have belief in Trey Lance. Uh, they get George Kittle back and Debo Samuel for the whole year. So I think they're going to bounce back. And the Seahawks, I'd probably have them right there, even though I don't really trust their defense. Their Their defense has fallen off a cliff, really, ever since the Legion of Boom days. Uh, they still have some decent players and, you know, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, but I, I just, I think their defense is what's going to hold them back. Uh, and I, I think Pete Carroll's resistance to become a passing team, obviously he let Russell Wilson, uh, let, let Russ cook pretty much at the, the start of the season last year. And the second half of the season, they started to run the ball over the place. And that's, I think that's when they regressed a little bit. So if they let Russ throw the ball around the yard, I, I think that they'll definitely, uh, be right there for maybe even the NFC West title, but if not, which I think is going to happen, I think they'll come in third. And the Cardinals, they're I think this is the the 
the toughest division to pick because I think this is the best division in the NFL. They're all super talented, but I, I think the Cardinals just having to play these teams, you know, six times a year between uh, all these three teams, I think it's going to be tough for them. And I, I just don't think they're there yet. I think that, you know, I think they're going to improve from last year, eight and eight. I think all these teams have a chance to be above 500, but I see the Cardinals at the bottom of the list right now. Dude, this, this is the best division of football. Like you can actually Loaded. make an act. Like you can make an argument for either team to win this division. You think it's but the Trev, best division of football? Can any other team besides NFC East, can you, with your heart, say any team in that division can win it? The NFC. Wait, say that one. I'll say the NFC. The North. NFC East. And wouldn't the NFC wild. North be one of the top? The, 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 the Lions have a realistic shot of winning. I mean, the, the NFC North. North. Excuse me, the AFC North, not the NFC. Excuse me, the AFC, isn't the AFC North one of the toughest divisions in football right now? The Bengals. The bang. The Bengals are holding it the down. They're, they're definitely right there, though. Yeah, I mean the Bengals. Other than that, you talk about the Ravens, the, the Browns, and the Steelers. No, yeah, all can make the but playoffs in this yeah. in this division. You can make an actual argument that any team can win this division. Trev, how do you have this shaken out? Um, I think the most interesting question coming into this entire division is when Trey Lance becomes the starting quarterback because I think he could be a game changer for the 49ers. We saw what the 49ers were two years ago with Jimmy G, a game manager type quarterback. They got to a Super Bowl. They lost a lot of players last year. They were they were probably the, the unluckiest team, just like the Colts are so far right now. They were the unlucky team of 2020, battling injuries, star players going down. But when they get all back, that defense is nasty. They have solid pieces. They got Brandon Ayuk that's going to be healthy. You got Debo Samuel. You got Mostert. You got Trey Sermon. The big question is you got a great coaching staff on top of it, too. Even though you lose Robert Sala, that's fine. They're going to be fine without him. My biggest question is when Trey Lance becomes the actual guy. Because if he becomes the guy and it's sooner rather than later, that team could be very dangerous. Because to be honest, I think this team could be the most complete team in the NFC West. The Rams are the best team right now, but losing Cam Akers is a major hit to that offense. That guy was going – I thought he can take his game to a whole nother level this year, even with the offensive line that's kind of up and down. Your defense – I mean, the Rams' defense is nasty. But even though they lost um, John Johnson and they lost Ty Hill as – what? no, what was – is it Ty Hill? I think there's an – or Will Hill. It's Will Hill, my bad. Uh, Troy, yeah. Troy Hill. Troy Hill. Thank you, thank you. They lost a couple guys too, but that defense is still going to be nasty with Ramsey and Donald. But then you just look at that San Francisco 49er team, man. Honestly, if Trey Lance is the starter week one, this 49er team can be very dangerous, not just in the NFC West, but in the NFC picture, just because of the fact that they are a very, I would say a complete team. They got one of the best tight ends in football and George Kittle, who also was battling injury too. So if Trey Lance becomes the guy, and they also sign Trent Williams to that massive deal, you get you get Trey Lance in, and we know what he can do offensively, running the football, and he's got a strong arm, a beautiful throw in practice the other day. He can do things differently than uh, Jimmy G. And we saw what Jimmy G can do with this offense. Can you imagine what Trey Lance could do in Kyle Shanahan's offense? Be wow. careful with the 49ers because this kid could be very, very intriguing if oh, Trey Lance becomes the quarterback. Trey Lance? Oh, right. He could be almost like a Patrick Mahomes type, right? Which would mean that, that, that would mean that that prototype of quarterback would be, like I said, replaceable. He could run, he could throw. But anyway, I think you're crazy. You know, people, people, I think right now people would say you're on crack. Okay. I think you're crazy, though. I think you think Trey Lance is going to be good. I think he's going to suck. 
Well, that's why I just said that if he gives them the opportunity in this offense with the weapons around them, this can be a very dangerous team. I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer right off the bat. I don't know what he's going to be. But if you put him in the right positions with this offense, and this offense is very lethal when you have the right guy at hand leading the charge, this guy can be a special quarterback. It could be a special fit. I'm just saying that. So got to keep an eye on the 49ers. But I would agree with you, Sean. I would still say the Rams currently right now would be the best team just because of Stafford going there. A new home is going back home. You got the weapons, couple be uh, healthy. You got Higby. You got Robert Woods, who's one of the most underappreciated receivers in all of football. And you got that defense. The Rams are going to be fine. They're in Super Bowl mode. And then the, four, the Seahawks. Seahawks remind me of like the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL, just because they're right there, but they just are not ever going to get over the hump. They got an amazing quarterback, Russell. I was about to say Russell Westbrook. I got too, too excited. But Russell Wilson is unbelievable. I just don't like their philosophy in trying to run the football. I know it works, but let the man who has going to be an eventual Hall of Famer do his thing because they were riding sky high with him. And then you saw, Sean, like you said, second half of the season, why they got an early exit in the playoffs, because they got away from throwing the ball. You have DK Metcalf, who could be, who was an emerging star in this league. Tyler Locker, who's been one of the most consistent receivers since coming out of Kansas State. That's a good team. And then the Cardinals, it's a make or break for Cliff Kingsbury, and it could be for Kyler Murray. If he has another injury-prone season, could we be saying the Cardinals looking for another quarterback eventually? That's what it comes down to. They got they signed J.J. Watt. They get A.J. Green, two older guys, DeAndre Hopkins situation. This division's up for grabs, but I would go with the Rams right now, currently on this day. I'm not mad at that Cardinals take because, I mean, if Cliff Kingsbury goes, him and uh, Kyler Murray were connected at the hip with the whole air raid and stuff. Yeah, that could be uh, for debate. So, so yeah. Kingsbury I think goes. I think Cliff is on the hot seat. I don't think it's Kyler's on the hot seat yet, though. It's but de- definitely, they're pretty. They're yeah. both very connected to. to one another. But <laughs> I, I mean, what you have to think he's you have to know you have to think that Kyler Murray ha- they have to be thinking about another way if he can't figure it out this year. I yeah. think, but even if they get rid of Cliff Kingsbury and bring in a new regime, I think that regime is still going to want Kyler Murray. I mean, he's he's super talented. I, I don't think you would want to give up on that and try and go for a new quarterback. I think, again, Kyler Murray is going to continue his career to be hindered by what it started out is his height. It's going to continue to hinder him. I think that continues to be a big issue in his turnover issues. Hey, I don't you, you it's a, not even that, man. You see a lot of passes that you throw, and he's throwing the route. He's not throwing the receiver. He's throwing the route, and I'm just like – I'm not sure if he can always see over the line. I really don't think he can. I think the height becomes an issue at some point. That's no, no. I mean, look at Russell what Wilson. Jeez, I almost said Westbrook too. He, he's, he's small. He's able to do I it. I, I I don't like that height thing. I think Russell Wilson's taller than him. Things. I believe. I believe Kyler's like five yeah, nine. Kyler's, Russell's Kyler's almost six foot. Yeah, talking about but, two, three, five nine and six foot. That's a huge gap, bro. But the thing is, is with this. Cardinals organization, they brought in Cliff Kingsbury because they saw Patrick Mahomes and they're like, air raid, air raid, air raid. And then you bring in this guy from Kyle Murray from this air raid offense, and that that's how, that's how it was supposed to click. If you're getting rid of Cliff Kingsbury, I, yeah, I'd say you give Kyle Murray a couple more years maybe, but he's got to be the next out the door after that. But I, I think they do have – I mean, they, they can make some noise. It, Chandler Jones – the contract, the wanting out, the, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's JJ huge. Watt. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you can have JJ Watt and Chandler Jones there, 
Look what J.J. Watt was able to do with Jadavian Clowney. When he has that outside linebacker to play with, he is really, really good. So I, I think that can revive J.J. Watt, and I, I think this defense is going to be a lot better than a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people we're, think. We're banking on J.J. Watt like 2011 or something. I mean, he's, he's don't get me wrong. J.J. Watt's really good, but he still battles injuries year on. Year no, on, yes. Year on. No, he's definitely but, on the other side. He's on the other but side. But if he's playing the same side as Chandler Jones, you, you can't double both of them. That's if Chandler Jones. That, that is. That, 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 that is a big deal. I, I do think they need to keep him because I, I want to see how those two work together. Like, like I well, said, they have to keep him. Clowney and JJ Watt. That was in a game. You have to yes. you have to keep Chandler Jones. He's one of, he's been one of the best pass rushers since getting traded from even when he was with the Patriots, and he became a whole nother level when he became when he went to the Cardinals. He's a stud. They have to do anything they can. And for anybody that trades for him, I'm willing to give up a first-round pick for him because he's a pass oh, rusher. Yeah. He's an elite he's pass rusher. You know where you're getting with him. He'll be. He's one of the top defensive players in the game. And for a team that needs to go all in and needs help, I mean. Hey, first, if I'm the Giants, round, I'm trading those two first-round picks. Second-round pick. First-round pick, that's expensive, bro. First rounds are expensive. He's a top twenty. Yeah. He's a top twenty player in the NFL. I'm. He's a freak of nature. Look at that. His look at his whole family. I know. I know. Like I heavyweight change. Yeah, but look what the Redskins did with a first round pick. Look, they grabbed that DN. You can get you one of those monsters too. So you got to really think about that. You know, Wait. first round pick. How many Chase Youngs are coming out of there? Yeah, what? I, I, I don't think there's many Chase Youngs, but I say that's why you got to contemplate when you trade that first round pick because you don't know when the next Chase Young is going to show up. That's okay. the thing. I get that. What you don't know. You would rather get a young. I would rather have a Chase Young than a Chandler Jones just for age factor, not because of skill, just for age factor in my franchise. If I want to go, well, I want a player for longer term. I want more success. I want someone younger. That's just for me. If you're into, if you think you're in a win now mode and you want to bring in a guy like Chandler Jones, that's when you bring him in. But if you're a younger team, you want more of a younger guy. That's why I'm not too quick to give up the first round pick. Hell, if I'm the Giants, I'm asking. They got two first round picks. I'm yeah. Well, yeah. If you got two first round, that's different. Yeah, if you got two, but. I'm asking. I'm using those two first round picks to get Chandler Jones from the Giants. Oh yeah. But uh, but before we move on, I do want to mention. I, I do think Kyler Murray is going to light it up. I, I think he is going to get back. He's going to have some MVP talks like he did before he got injured last year. I mean, you got D-Hop, one of the best wide receivers. And A.J. Green is a pretty big signing. I know he's been injury prone, but that's also because he's been the only receiver the Bengals have had. Now he's getting less snaps because of uh, – well. Muhammad, there's some other guys there. I wouldn't want to scrap one, but yeah, but no, yeah, Muhammad Sanu. This is the first time AJ Green's going to be the wide receiver too, so I, I think that should help him is against defenses and maybe not be not get as many touches, which should help him stay healthy. At least that's how I see it. Is he wide receiver two if Fitzgerald come back? Is he wide two or three if Fitzgerald comes back? Fitzgerald's still a free agent. That's what I said. He's. I think he'll probably bring him back. Charles got it. I would say he's a two. I'd say he's a two. He's still the two. Hmm. That's yeah. That's. I don't know. That that's crazy. Fitzgerald, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins. He said so, he has a role got Christian Kirk too. He said, "I think he's waiting out training camp. I think that's what it is. I think he's going to wait out training camp as they get older. They don't like training yeah. camp. I, I, think I don't know. <laughs> but he's, a, he's an extra month off." 
<laughs> I, I'm very excited for this season, especially in the NFC West. Like, th- this is going to be great. I, I you, you guys talked a lot about the Rams. I, I, for some reason, I'm not buying what the Rams are selling. Say, Matt Stafford, he was fantastic with one of the greatest wide receivers in the game in Calvin Johnson. And he's been he in Detroit. The Detroit Lions. Yeah, but wow. the Detroit isn't always an excuse. Robert really Woods is really good. Ask Gary Sanders and ask Calvin Johnson. No, I get that. I, I get that. But, I mean, he was throwing to Calvin Johnson. Okay. That he was great. Their offensive line sucked. They never had a good – Their defense good sucked at the time, too. Their defense sucked. They're the Lions. They suck at everything. There's a reason why they're a laughing stock of a franchise. They're like oh. the Cleveland Browns up until last year. That's why those te- That's why these franchises get laughed at. That's why nobody takes this Lions serious. That's why nobody took the Browns serious. It doesn't matter what they had. Wasted careers. The Houston Texans, wasted careers in there. That's what they have become. That's why the Detroit Lions are what they are. And there's nothing, there's nothing to ever talk about. What is there ever good to talk about Detroit Lions? Give me something other than talk about Barry Sanders, hell of a career with his shortened career there, and then Calvin Johnson. You got nothing else to talk about with the Detroit Lions. N.A. Sewell is going to be the next on that list. He's going to retire early. Okay, alignment. Great. They're going to have alignment. What the hell is he going to do with the other 22 positions? No. But the thing, Matt Matt Stafford, like, I, I love Robert Woods, but I don't necessarily – like, I, I – don't have faith in him to be that number one guy. I, I feel like Matt Stafford needs that one elite guy to get the ball to. And I, I don't think Robert Woods is that. I, I, that's my problem. And then, obviously, the can, can makers thing is big. I, I do think defensively that they're, they're stout. I mean, that that's the best. Who you got one in the NFC West? Me? I, I got Seattle. Because I, I don't know. It's just this is really, really tough. Also, the Rams want to look at their out-of-conference schedule. They're playing the the Tampa Bay Bucks, Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens. I don't know. That well, the, the Packers and the Ravens would be. No one else is playing them in that division, so those are two tough games. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it, they're going to be let down. And also, I mean, Matthew Stafford getting hurt. On his uh, already surgically repaired thumb, that's not that good. Especially that's why I said right now, they should be the favorites. Yeah, well, I, right now they should. Hey, I, before I did my, looked at everything, I, I thought they would be the, the favorites. But looking at their schedule and looking at how the tough teams they got to play, and especially on the road, Baltimore, Green Bay. On the road, those are tough games. Even Minnesota on the road. Hey, if you want to be a good team, you got to beat the good team. So who cares? I You're don't right. Everybody has hard schedules. Who cares? You got to. If you want to be a Super Bowl contender like this team, you got to beat the good teams. Okay, that's how it comes. You're right. I don't want to hear. Oh, what if they had a cupcake schedule? Okay, great. They win, and then they get to the first round. They get their asses kicked. At least they're gonna play teams like the Ravens. At least they're gonna take and play the Bucs, the Packers, teams that are elite teams in this league. And you want to be the best then Matthew Stafford and company are going to have to beat the best. And that's why I have no problem saying that the Rams right now should be the favorites because they are one of the favorites coming into the season. They made moves for it, and deservingly so. I I do also think that with a big change, especially at the quarterback position, it will take some time. But I I think later on on down the season, uh, down the road, they will start to put things together and get a little bit better as the season progresses. I have them right now as ten and seven, but also that 
I, I do also have the 49ers ahead of them, but they also have to stay healthy. So th there's a lot of question marks. Th this division is really, really interesting. I I'm just excited. Very, very excited for football. And football is officially starting tomorrow mm -hmm. as the Hall of Fame game is underway. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, preseason isn't that great. I mean, we get one quarter of the starters. Then uh, everyone else fighting for a job. What, what were you saying, Zay? Not this year. You got less games. You gonna get more starters. You you gotta you gotta get your guys to play more. You gotta get them in the rhythm before the season starts. You got less games. You gotta get them more reps in because once they get their reps in, you gotta see the other guys who may or may not make the team. And they don't got that fourth game where those guys normally play the whole game. Where the third or fourth stringers are normally playing most of those games. They don't have that game no more. The third game is normally the dress rehearsal. That's what we know it as. That is now our final game. So you got to assume that these first couple of games, the starters may be getting way more reps than they normally do. Just for the fact that you want to see the whole roster. That, that is a good point. I didn't actually think about that. But, yeah, I I, I still – like, you're not watching the preseason to really watch football. You're, you're watching – you're not watching the preseason to watch the starters. You're watching it to see these role guys and see who can make a name for themselves and set up for the future. Am I wrong? No, I mean, you, I'm watching it for both. I don't know what you want. I watch it wow. for both. I, I watch it because it's football. I need to All watch right. some football. Dave, what, what, uh, what are you watching? What are you most excited to watch for, for tomorrow's game? Uh, besides the fact that it's football, I'm excited to see how the Cowboys are going to – Cowboys are a team in our division. I kind of want to see how Dak is doing. Coming off an injury, he's already having arm issues. And, again, this is why I don't throw people in the Hall of Fame subjects so fast because a career that was going so well now could be – completely derailed off of the injury last year that, you know, uh, what was it, two, five seconds that injury happened and it could change his whole career. He's not throwing well properly. They say he's had arm fatigue. He's having arm issues that could lead to more things down the line. It could just be a, a moot point. I just want to see how the Cowboys do. And like I said, as a Giants fan, I'm intrigued. I want to know if they're the team that's supposed to win the division. I want to know how they look. So when I watch the Giants next week, I want to, you know, compare. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, Dak coming off an injury. I, I feel if you're talking Dallas, the real thing to look out for is that defense because of how bad it was last year. And you're going to need those role guys. You're going to need those guys playing the fourth quarter. They're going to have to – they might have to step up and, and play some meaningful minutes in the regular season because just how bad that defense was last year. So I, I also Micah Parsons. Uh, excited to see him get in, see what he can do. But I, I get Dak's injury and all that stuff, but I, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you're more intrigued by – you're looking more closely on the defensive side of everything than you are Dak. Because you know – I mean, Dak is injured, but you still got the weapons, Mark Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I mean, I don't even know if you – put Zeke as a weapon anymore? Well, that's a different question. But, uh, uh, Trev, what are you looking for in this game? I mean, just to see football back. And I don't expect to see starters in very long tomorrow. It's never been that way. And I don't care if it's three games or two games. You're not going to see a lot of starters be playing. You're going to see a lot of the role players, a lot of the rookies that are trying to capture a job. And that's what it's going to come down to. 
I just want to see that it's football back. I mean, just to see football back, it's that's my favorite sport in the world. That it doesn't matter who's playing, just to see the boys of fall back and playing, it feels good. Even though the circumstances are going around in the country right now, it's just good to see sports in full effect in general. Baseball's great. Seeing the NBA with their things, with their moves going on, and now football coming back, college football. It's just good to be a sports fan in general. I know it's it's very like, oh, what is he talking about? But it's the truth. Just to see football back in general, I'm a happy man. I ain't complaining. All right. Uh, Trev, a couple weeks ago, we did our NFC North preview, uh, AFC North preview. And uh, I, I want to know your thoughts on the Steelers because we were kind of divided on how well they're going to bounce back. I mean, not necessarily bounce back, but are, are they going to keep the same – it's like the same. It's like the same with the Giants. It comes down to the offensive line. How good that offensive line is going to be? Can they establish a run game with Najee Harris? I think he's going to be a stud. If they can just establish some sort of just protection for Big Ben, and if he doesn't have to throw the ball forty to fifty times a game, and they could get back to Pittsburgh Steelers way, which is running the football, play action pass. The Steelers could be a very effective team in the AFC North and in the AFC picture because you do have a solid defense. Going out and getting Melvin Ingram was a huge signing because they needed a losing Bud Dupree in the free agency. It just comes down to the offensive line. For a team, like the Giants and the Steelers are very similar. It's always been like that. The old school mentality. They like to run the football, play action, great defenses. Well, they have a good defense, one of the best in the game. They have a quarterback that's kind of on the coattails of his – it's like an Eli Manning thing. It's like, like Ben, you're kind of like you're there, but you're not – are you going to get us over the hump? They're – they're kind of being stubborn about it. They haven't really looked at a quarterback. Najee Harris, I think, is going to be a stud, like I said, but it comes down to the offensive line. If they can't protect Big Ben and they can't establish any running game because they were god-awful last year, then I don't. I expect the Steelers to finish no better than third place in the AFC North. All That's right. Because, I, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick the AFC North right now, I really do like Baltimore. But it's so with Cleveland, what they have done with the additions they've made in the draft and in free agency and making the playoffs last year, going into the divisional round, almost beating the Chiefs last year. I mean, the the Browns are I mean, how can you not pick against them? And then the Ravens, that's that division is so intriguing because you got Lamar, Lamar and Baker, two of the players that probably face most pressure in the NFL coming this year. I mean, that that's just a division up for grabs like the NFC West. And even the Bengals, who could be intriguing, Joe Burrow. I really hope Joe Burrow comes back and and does his thing because he was on a, a level of him and Herbert going one-two of who's going to throw the most touchdowns next, last year. And it was unfortunate to see him go down. That's an exciting division. I'm looking forward to it. But if I had to say with the Steelers, it comes down to the offensive line. Hell, yeah. All right. Really? Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's different. Well, I thought that whole division comes down to quarterback play. I, I thought the whole North come down to no, just, which no, quarterback you're gonna for me for me no no for me here's my thing with Baltimore and the and the Browns I think that's I think those two are fighting for first place because those are the two most complete teams in the AFC North I think with Big Ben he's gonna do his thing but their offensive line is so bad that it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see because we've seen it firsthand what it's like to have a terrible offensive line Eli's final years of his career had one of the worst offensive lines, Dave Amira coming out this year and saying, not giving him more protection. Well, the Steelers didn't really do that this year, even in the offseason. They lost players, players retired, they lose Pouncey, Villanueva, just a couple of the names that have been around. Their defense is going to do the thing. Their defense is going to keep them in games. Is if it can the offense sustain any running game and the offensive line can protect Big Ben. 
And then, like I said, with the Bengals, their offense is going to be exciting. I know they lose A.J. Green. You get Jamar Chase. You're going to have Joe Mixon come back. You're going to have Tyler Boyd. That that will be an exciting offense. It's just how, how will the defense play? But I think it's a one-two for, between the Ravens and Browns for that, that AFC North title, if I had to pick right now. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. Finishing off the preseason preview. Let's talk about the Giants preseason. Jets, Browns, Patriots. Sean, what are you looking for in these three preseason games for, from the Giants? Yeah, uh, I want to see the new additions on offense, number one. Um, obviously, with the Kenny Galladay hamstring injury, we don't know if we're going to see him at all this preseason, but I, I like to see how he uh, adjusts to this new offense. And then other guys uh, who might be on the roster bubble, like John Ross, um, and then you know Kyle Rudolph at tight end, I, I think that it's, it's going to be important to see how they progress and how they uh, adapt to this offense. Uh, and then staying with the offense, the offensive line, to see if these guys on the offensive line have uh, took that stride forward and make that jump in year two, including Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas, who are most likely going to be our starting tackles. You know, can Matt Parrott uh, hold off Nate Solder for that right tackle job? For the most part, what I've heard so far is that he's been doing good uh, the first couple of days in pads and camps. So hopefully that continues. Uh, see if Nick Gates can continue to progress, uh, Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez, because they're really a young offensive line. So it, it really comes down to them. Uh, like Trevor said earlier in the episode, I, I think that's going to be a huge part of this offense. Uh, if these guys can take the, the the jump forward. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'm not too worried about the defense. I think that, you know, they're going to need to find uh, a pass rushing rotation, who uh, see who works good for them. And then, you know, that secondary is going to have to gel, but they have so much talent that I'm not worried about that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this offense and how the offensive line could do and how the new additions uh, to this offense could, you know, complement Daniel Jones and, you know, see how far could they can take us because, I'm like I said, I'm not worried about the defense, but if this offense could be, you know, top half of the league, you know, maybe even push towards the top 10, I, I think this team could be uh, – the team could definitely be a threat and not just the NFC East but the NFC as a whole. Yes, sir. Now, Trev, mm -hmm. not what he needs to do, but what are your expectations for Daniel Jones coming into the season? Oh, it's very simple. He's got to take the next level to being – I mean, he's got the weapons now. There's no freaking excuse. You go out and get Kenny Galli, who's the number one receiver in the in free agency. You go draft Kadarius Tony. You add Kyle Rudolph. You still have Evan Ingram. You still have Shepard. You still have Slayton. You're going to get a healthy – well, hopefully, let's get a, a healthy Saquon back. It just comes down to can he take that next step, just like we just talked about what Sean just said with the offensive line. Can they take that next step? They're only going to go as far as Daniel Jones in this offensive line. I don't care how great the defense is. They're only going as far as their offensive line and Daniel Jones. And this is it. This is it for Daniel Jones. Either we're going to have a franchise quarterback by the end of next season, or we're going to be looking in the draft and saying, we're going to have to go find another quarterback, boys. It's that simple. It's literally that simple. He has – I'm giving him nine games. Half a season, nine. 17 games. I'm giving them nine games. If they're one and if they're struggling again, if they're like three and six and he doesn't look good, who says nine that? games that Mike Lennon's taking over? Is that what you're saying? No, they're gonna no, they'll ride it out with Daniel Jones, but they'll start looking at yeah, Mike Joe would love that. <laughs> but no, they no, they'll just ride it out with him and say, kind of like what the Jets, what they did this year, and just ride it out with Darnold said. Yeah, he's, he's not really good enough. But the only thing with Darnold is he didn't have any weapons around him. There's no excuse. 
You have yep. a number one receiver. You have weapons. Well, be not taking that next step, my man. There is an excuse, and it is the offensive line, but that that's not going to be an acceptable excuse, even though the no, holes there no. and, and that stuff, the, the problems there are evident, but I, it really sucks because you see these glimpses of Daniel Jones and you see the problems, and the problems are a lot of the problems are with the offensive line. There's more bad at times than there is good with Daniel Jones. That's the problem. There are some good moments, like you just said, but there's more bad than there is good. And that's why the bads are overcoming or overtaking the good. Yeah, but a lot of that bads aren't necessarily Daniel Jones' fault. It's I mean, the all offensive the, line. The turnovers. Well, yeah, when you're getting sacked from behind and you got the ball up. Got to hold on to the ball. I understand that. Every other quarterback does it, so why can't he? Tom Brady's been freaking doing it for 20 years. It's not what it is. Why can't Daniel Jones do it? Can't be talking about the turnovers. Can't make excuses for the turnovers. Hold the damn ball, man. You're a quarterback. You've been learning it since high school. Hold the ball right. That's not the case. He, He definitely cut down his fumbles last year. That's not the case at all. Okay. It's not You're the right. case at all. I mean, that's why he's they literally leading the league in turnovers. That's what it is. But okay. They, they need a run game. You put the ball in his hands way too much. If you realize the first season they had a run game, he had better stats throwing the ball. He had better touchdown to interception um, ratio in the first season because he had an actual running back standing back there that he can hand the ball off to every now and then. And he also had some pretty decent receivers. This comes down to more than just the offensive line. And I don't believe Daniel Jones' whole year is going to come down to how he plays this year. I think it's going to come down to more than that. Because if he could, you know, if he plays well and they don't win a division because the division is tough. Because, again, this is That's not going to be a weak division. Hey, more than the offensive line, but the run game is very important. Like, isn't that kind of contradictory there, Zay? No, it's well, not. Well, I'm not that's necessarily the run game per se, but the person back there running the ball is maybe more, more of what I should put it as. Put it as the ability that Saquon Barkley could do so much, and then you can put him outside, and he creates such a distraction that helped out so much back then that we didn't have to always hand him the ball. We can give Saquon the ball in unconventional ways, like we've seen with the wide receiver pass, or we've seen where he did the end around. There are different types of ways we could be getting the ball to him, but we haven't had that playmaker in the backfield. So everything has been relying on Daniel Jones to make sure he gets the ball to the receivers. He gets the ball to the tight ends. It just comes down to too much on him. And again, yes, the line has to play better, but I think that's only one aspect of it. I think it has to be Saquon Barkley coming back. I think that's really what it comes down to. He has to be a big playmaker. The Giants don't have a playmaker. They never had a playmaker. I I do agree. They got rid of Odell. I agree a little bit with what you're saying. The, the run game is very important, especially look at the win streak the Giants went on. They, they, they were averaging over 100 yards a game last year it, during during that big run they had with, with Gallman and Morris. So I, I yeah the ring the run game's big, but I don't think it's necessarily the f- definitive on balance, Saquon Barkley because. You you need the offensive line to get the push. You need to just be able to get up, pick up a three yards on a second down or first down. That that's all you need. It, Saquon is great because you can hand off to him and he can go twenty yards and score a touchdown. It's, it's, it's not about that. that. It's more than that. It's yes, he can go twenty yards, but he also helps create better play action because he can. We're gonna 
I agree. What, one of the things we lost with Wayne Gallman last year is he wasn't able to break off those big runs, so teams weren't afraid of our run game. When you have a running back like that who can break off those huge runs, that sets up play action so much more than what we had last year. We I don't even think we ran play action most of the time because we had no run game. Most of it was Daniel Jones standing in shotgun for most of the time when I see most of his passes because they needed to create time so the line, you know, didn't get sacked. But when you have – when you can create play action – you can open up the book all different types of way now. You don't have that with just a regular running back. We've seen it last year. Wayne Goldman couldn't break off big runs. Teams weren't scared of our run game. They weren't loading the box. Play action wasn't effective. You need a running back back there to do these things. You need someone who's going to be a playmaker, not just any running back. That's the idea. Chubb is so good because Chubb is effective at what he does in that run game. That's what helps Baker Mayfield, who is a pretty average quarterback who makes really horrible throws, but because that run game is such a threat, it improves that offensive passing game. You need that running back. Also because they have the number one offensive line, too. Yeah, But again, if you have the offense, best, number one offensive line and you have no running back back there, it doesn't matter if you can't break off those runs. You're not going to be ever be afraid of them. It's just not going to happen. Run game, protecting Daniel Jones. I think from what we've said, well, those are the two biggest factors, right, for the Giants' success? Comes on the offense, yeah. All yeah, scoring points, basically. on <laughs> the offensive line. That's going to be the most important thing to watch this so, season. Oh, I, I'm excited. There's just this talking about football, talking about future football is getting me excited. I just can't wait till we're, till we're recapping games and previewing them and Football's here, here. I- I'm excited. Let's go. Hopefully it's oh. better than last year's recaps. <laughs> Those first four what? weeks were rough. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. For, yeah, for you guys, yeah, because I, I was the picks winner. Yeah, it was pretty easy for me. But uh, Yeah, yeah stay, stay away from your fantasy locks, though. Don't ever touch your fantasy locks, for God's sakes. Hey. Stop doing that, please. What was the record? Like Can we get the official records up again on those before we start? Can we get the official records up before we start? Yeah, I can go back and we'll have that before the season. Don't worry. Don't worry. But that's going to do it for John about the G-Men this week. An hour and 15. That just flew by like that. Great show. Trevor, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for filming for Joe. Thanks, boys. Great having you. Make sure you check out Keys to the City. You guys going live on Friday, correct? We'll be back Friday. We oh, talking yeah. about we're doing our uh, top ten defensive players and our top ten favorite foods, football foods. Ooh, we got to incorporate uh, the foods. So yeah, we'll be yeah. we talk more Yankees. See what happens in the NBA. But we'll be back Friday. Nah, you don't got. You don't have to talk about the Yankees. You're wasting your show. I agree, Sean. We have. I oh yeah. We've trust me. I don't think. I don't think we've been doing the show this whole year. Maybe we've done one positive show about the Yankees. One or tw- once or twice, I can't, I can't think of it, but most of it has been, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's been one well, of the Red Sox have lost five in a row, so I can't say anything. That's a beautiful but. thing. <laughs> oh, all right. And this topic we're going to go. Season. Let's get on to yep. the boys of fall. That's oh, what yeah. we That's John about G-Man. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out John about the G-Man on YouTube and Facebook and follow Clovercrest Media on Twitch. We are close to getting an affiliate with Twitch. So juice that up, boys. Go check out Clovercrest Media on Twitch. Help us out. And for more podcasts, like Keys to the City, like eh, not even just sports, true crime, 
political, real real estate. So many podcasts at clovercrestmedia.com. Make sure you check that out. That's going to do it for Drawing About the G-Men. Make sure you tune in next week where we'll be previewing the first preseason game for the Giants. Giants are going to be back on the field. I'm excited, even if it is just preseason. But we will be here all season long updating you on the Giants and any big NFL news. So for myself, Big Jace, King Zay, Sean Scanlon, and Trevor, thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next week for more John about the G-Men. Take care. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.